Line Podcast. What's going on? This is the Bottom Line Podcast presented by Anchor.fm, your home for sports and entertainment talk. I'm Jimmy Finizzi alongside Neil Villapiano. Yes, my boy is back. We hope you're doing well. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to take a listen. We really do appreciate it. Before we get started, you know the drill. Questions, opinions, Twitter and Instagram at Bottom Line WMCX and on Twitter at the NVP Show hashtag Bottom line, leave a voice message on the Anchor app or at anchor.fm. And if you like what you're seeing on YouTube, please leave a like and a comment down below. Helps out tremendously. And please make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you do not miss a single episode. And please subscribe on all audio listening platforms. Just include Jimmy when searching for the Bottom Line podcast. First and foremost, Neil, it's been a couple of weeks, but I'm glad you're back, my man. How's everything? Everything's going well. Uh, you know, dealt with some uh, dealt with some personal stuff over the last couple of weeks. So it, it's been a it's been a whirlwind of emotions. But you know, today is is a good you know it's a nice day out today. I'm in a pretty good mood. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Um, and yeah, it has been a while since I've been on here. Uh, good to see you holding down the fort as always, which is great. Um, and yeah, just uh, just continuing to truck along. How's uh, how's everything with you? Hey, you know what? Anything, anything I can do to help, it's 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 always my pleasure. But in all seriousness, I am glad that you're back. It's good to see you as always. I personally am doing. I could be better, but I'm I'm doing all right. You know, just still kind of trucking along, like you said. I I don't want to. I I would be lying to you if I'm saying I'm in the best mood right now. I'm not. But you know what? With with what we got to talk about today, I'm pretty hyped up. It might be cold outside on the Jersey Shore right now. I mean, probably below freezing, but. We're coming in red hot because we got a lot to discuss today. So, Deshaun freaking Watson. That's our first topic for today. This is going to be an NFL-heavy episode, as will next week. More details on that in a little bit. But today, we'll be talking about Deshaun Watson. Obviously, that's the big news this whole week, so we'll talk about that. And we'll also briefly recap the NFL Championship Sunday games from last week. But... Neil, obviously the big story this week, Deshaun Watson made it officially official, even though it was made weeks ago. Deshaun Watson wants out. Houston, you got a problem, and it's your quarterback. He doesn't want to stay. He has officially requested a trade from the Houston Texans. And personally, I do not blame this man. And if you want to know how good Deshaun Watson is, and also keep this in mind, he's only 25 years old, all right? But here's just some numbers here from this past season that just shows you how good Deshaun Watson is. So this past season, he completed 70% of his passes. He threw for 4,823 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and a quarterback rating of 70.5. All on a team that was just downright awful. Just awful. No offensive line. No wide receivers, a defense that can't stop a nosebleed. So he was probably tired as hell every single damn time he took the field. And when you have J.J. Watt personally apologizing to him after the last game of the regular season, you know what's bad. And personally, if I'm J.J. Watt, I'd want out of there too, considering the fact that Andre Johnson and 
whoever the heck it was, I think it was DeAndre Hopkins, I'm not 100% sure, tweeting that the Texans are known for ruining players' careers. And keep this in mind as well. Andre Johnson, outside of DeAndre Hopkins, was probably one of the best receivers the Texans have ever had in their organization. And they were still a bad team when Andre Johnson was on there. Well, Well, mediocre at best, but still bad. But him and DeAndre Hopkins were two of their best receivers. And Deshaun Watson did not have DeAndre Hopkins last season because Bill O'Brien decided to be an idiot and trade him to the Cardinals for a washed up David Johnson. But that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother tension for another day. I'm not going to get into, I'm not going to get into all that again. But look, as far as where we should go, well, I've heard, I've heard a bunch of different teams thrown out there from the people that I've talked to and from what I've heard on uh, the big networks like ESPN, the fan and all that other stuff. I've heard San Francisco. I've heard Miami. I've heard the Jets. I've heard the Saints, although that's probably a long shot. I don't know what's I don't know what's gonna happen with the Saints, but I digress there. But if you're gonna ask me personally, if you're gonna ask us personally, I'm, I'm sure Neil will give his thoughts in just a second. But if you're asking us where we think is the best fit for him to go, and I can't believe I'm gonna say this, and I've said this once on Twitter, and I'm gonna say it again. And if you want, you can look up the tweet at bottom line WMCX. If I am the New York Jets, I am calling them immediately. And here's why. The Jets are picking second overall in this year's draft, and they're also picking 23rd. Mm. If you can find a way to trade away those two picks, maybe a future first-round pick, and another player, yeah. and I really hate to say it, but that other player might have to be Sam Donald. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I, as, mu- as much as I don't yeah. want to give up on this kid, because I still think Sam Donald is going to be a great quarterback in this league. He just needs another spot, man. I'm sorry. It's just, yeah. it's just come to a point where Sam yeah. Donald is not going to get any better unless he finds another team. And look, hey, Robert Sala, great for him. I love that hire for the Jets. That's one thing they did not screw up this offseason so far. I think Robert Sala is going to do a fantastic job with the Jets, but that's a whole other story for another day. But look, Sam Donald, he's not going to get any better unless he goes to another spot. Maybe somehow, some way, if he gets traded to the Houston Texans, maybe, just maybe, if they can somehow get their heads out of their you-know-whats, maybe they can find something for Sam Donald. But if you're the Jets, if you can find a way to trade three first-round picks, meaning the second and the 23rd of this year, and a future first-rounder for next year or maybe a few years after that, and trade away Sam Donald, and give Deshaun Watson an opportunity to play under a new head coach, and then maybe use whatever draft capital that you have left to get him weapons or explore the free agent market for wide receivers like for a Kenny Galladay or an Allen Robinson, all that other stuff. Just if you're the Jets, you don't let this opportunity pass by. You don't do it. You don't. Now, another team I think would be a good fit would be Miami. Miami Dolphins will be a great fit under Brian Flores because the Dolphins have plenty of weapons. And hey, if you can trade, if if they can somehow trade Tua, hey, maybe things could work out in Miami. So that's another great fit. But me personally, bottom line, if I am the New York Jets, I am on the phone immediately with the Houston Texans because you do not pass up on an opportunity to get such a young talent like Deshaun Watson. You do not pass that up, in my opinion. 
Well, I think one thing you're forgetting is that Deshaun Watson's contract has a no trade clause in it. So basically Deshaun Watson has all the say in anything. So if he wants to go to the Jets, he could basically go to the Texans and say, only work with the Jets, make a deal happen, and let's move forward. Right. I'm sure if you ask anybody uh, with the Texans now, they'll probably say that that was something they probably regretted, giving him a no trade clause in his contract extension. But hindsight is 2020, as they say. But you look at... You look at the teams that could be good good fits for Deshaun Watson. I, I just don't see the Jets anywhere near being the type of fit that, Desha- that Watson's looking for um, because this is the Jets we're talking about. This is, the, this is an organization that has ruined just as many players as the Texans had, if not more, in their careers. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you have the backdrop of the New York media, the biggest media market in the world. I get the whole angle of being a, you know, being able to promote yourself and your brand and everything. I get all of that. I also get the fact that they have, you know, Robert Sala, who, you know, Deshaun Watson wanted the Texans to interview and they didn't do that. Um, you know, they have the opportunity to go out there with draft capital, as well as the second most money, second most cap space in the league to go out and get, you know, some primetime players that could really bolster this team. But I look at it and I say to myself, Deshaun Watson, it would be a very bad idea for him to go to a team like the Jets and immediately expect that all of a sudden everything's going to be better because the Jets have proven time and time again that what can go wrong will go wrong. And you also have to remember that the Deshaun Watson contract extension that, that the Texans gave him is really, really large. I mean, Mm. it is a huge chunk of cap space. Now, again, the Jets, the Dolphins to a lesser extent can go out there and get him and still have money to go get other weapons. But, you know, it's tough. Yes, the Jets do offer the opportunity to, to get a younger quarterback who, you know, probably is making less money, certainly less money now um, than Deshaun Watson. But I think if for Deshaun Watson, if he really wanted to go somewhere where there was some sort of stability and some sort of you know opportunity, I would probably take the New England Patriots, to be honest. Them or I'd probably go with the Indianapolis Colts because I look at those two organizations and yeah, Bill Belichick and what happened this year with the Patriots was obviously a disaster. There was no question about it. There is no way that Cam Newton is going to be back in New England no. after the season that he just had. There's no, so clearly the Patriots are going to be looking for a quarterback, whether they try to see what they have in Jared Stidham, if they really give him an opportunity, do they look for somebody like a Mac Jones late in the first, you know, middle to late first round to try to draft. And Mac Jones has certainly upped his draft stock since he started performing in the senior bowl. So that's Mm. obviously a good sign for him. Um, Or do they try to go after Deshaun Watson? Now, the problem with the Patriots is that, as Bill Belichick put it, you know, they've they've given up a lot of their future to have immediate success to kind of help Tom Brady and, and create that dynasty that we all that we all saw. So I don't know if the Patriots would have necessarily the right, you know, amount of, you know, baggage, I guess you would say, to give to the Texans 
you know, the, the good amount of haul. Yeah, that, 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 that was, that was going to be my point. I don't mean to cut you off, Neil. I apologize. But who do the Patriots really have to offer to try and get the Sean Watson? You, really you can't, you they, can't really think of anybody big. They don't, they don't have – they don't really have much. They, they don't. Um, you know, they could probably put in Stephon Gilmore into that, into that move. Um, yeah. Again, I don't know if it was necessarily all um, Bill O'Brien who made the decision to trade you know, DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson and some mid-round picks. I know that the Texans, we have to remember, their first-round pick belongs to the Miami Dolphins. The only reason right. the Dolphins have a pick that high is because of the Texans. So, yeah, it would make sense for the Dolphins to try to get back their first-round pick and trade for, you know, not only get that pick, but also probably get Tua Tagovailoa, which, again, makes sense. And it's, it's really a surprise to me, talking about Tua, that the Dolphins were hearing that it's almost like they've already given up on him where they have, you know, they were like, and, and I get it because he made a lot of mistakes and Fitzpatrick, you know, won them a lot more games when he was playing, which tells you that if they had a half decent quarterback, they might've won 12 or 13 games and not 10. True. Um, but I think that for Deshaun Watson, if he were to look at himself and say, where is the best place that I can go to give myself a chance to really, you know, become a better quarterback and a better player, I would think the New England Patriots, I still believe that Bill Belichick in many ways can do what he needs to do. And I think that the Patriots are going to try to look for, you know, diamonds in the rough in the draft, maybe depending on their, their cap space, maybe they'll go after a, a target of some sort. But I think if they were to get Deshaun Watson, it would be really good. Here's another team that I thought was interesting that I think, Deshaun Watson could take into consideration if this team is interested. How about the Dallas Cowboys? You look oh, at Oh boy. Look at this. Dak Prescott. Season-ending injuries. Horrible. But for but what's good for the Cowboys and for Jerry Jones is that he now has leverage in negotiations to say, well, well, Dak, you got hurt. So we don't want to give you all this money without feeling secure that you're going to still be the same player that you once were. So you know, they may look at it and say, maybe we could do a sign and trade where we send Dak Prescott to the Texans and we get Deshaun Watson. And you're more likely going to be paying Deshaun Watson less, even with that contract extension, than you would be with what Dak Prescott was asking for or what he's probably going to be asking for down the road. Right. So all in all, I think that there are, you know, it's funny. Adam Schefter was saying that he felt like 25 teams should be calling the, the Texans. I mean, you could make an argument. There's not that many teams out there that you'd say, you know what, we're good. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know if the Lions would make sense. I mean, it would make sense from the fact that Matt Stafford already said he wants to be traded. He doesn't want to be with the Lions anymore, which I'm really happy about. I'm really glad he finally has just had it and wants yeah. to. <laughs> I don't yeah. know that the Lions would have what the Texans are looking for. And I don't know if Deshaun would want to go to go to Detroit. And no, after no. seeing when Matt Stafford went, it would make sense for, for Matthew Stafford, because, you know, even though he was born in Florida, he grew up in Texas, you know, he's a Texas kid. It could be something you could market. And he's still got a couple productive years left in his career, maybe three, four, five, you're pushing. Right. But, you know, you have that as well. So there are a lot of teams out there that can make a deal. It's going to be basically coming down to two things. One, 
where does Deshaun Watson really want to go? Now, we did hear that he has a preferred list, and the Jets are like one. I think the Dolphins are two, and I think the Niners are three. And right. the Niners could offer Jimmy Garoppolo in this deal as well. They could offer their first-round pick, Jimmy Garoppolo. They could they could offer a pretty – yeah, pretty, uh, I, I, I know I know San Francisco is still kind of iffy on Jimmy G because he didn't have his best season last year. Get, like again, I mean, I mean, I mean, Grant, Grant at half the team was hurt, like, but still. It's another thing where it's like, you know, yeah, he got hurt. I get that. But so did like half of the team. It wasn't just him. And just the year before, they took him, he took him to the Super Bowl. Right. So again, it was just like it just didn't make sense to me that they want to give up on him. When they got him for literally nothing from the Patriots, right. oh, I still right. think that Jimmy Garoppolo can be that guy in San Francisco. I just think he needs to get healthy, and I right. think you need to give him another year to redeem himself. So, again, to me, what makes the most amount of sense are places like the Patriots, like the Dallas Cowboys, the Miami Dolphins, because of what Brian Flores has done. He's created a tremendous culture, tremendous stability. They have a bright future. They won 10 games and missed the playoffs with Ryan Fitzpatrick for the most part as their starting quarterback. Yep. So that tells you a lot right there. And then you have the Jets, which, again, it makes sense from a standpoint of the Jets can do so many things. They can immediately go from having a team with very little talent to having some of the best talent. And, again, there's nothing saying that Robert Sala is not going to go out there some of the you know former or what could be former San Francisco 49er players because they have a lot that are going to be on the free agent market. Richard Sherman, Solomon Thomas, you know, guys like that. There's nothing saying that, that Robert Sala is not going to go out there and get those guys as well. And immediately he improves the offense and the defense. But again, I think the best place overall for Deshaun Watson to go is the New England Patriots. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, would be, it would be interesting. But again, the Patriots really don't have much to offer to try and get him. So, hey. It would be a nice fit for Bill Belichick because they'll actually have a starting quarterback. But, hey, we'll see. You also brought up the Colts. I think I think that would be an interesting fit because the Colts have a great offensive line. They actually have weapons. Oh, and they also have a defense who can actually stop a nosebleed. So there's also that. So the Colts will be interesting. Someone also told me the New York Giants again. I'm like, yeah, that, there's, there, well, there's no, that, that, that's a long well, shot from happening. Let's, now, let's granted, 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 it would be nice. It would be. But what are the Giants offering for Deshaun Watson? Really? Well, hold on. Let, let's on. talk about that for a second here. Let's let's. I, I get what people want to say, the Giants, but you have to remember this: David Gettleman is still the general manager of this team. He's been given at least one more year. Yeah, um, you know, I, I I don't I don't know why. I I, I, I he, sh he should have been fired. But go ahead. They go. still believe that Daniel Jones is the guy, and I'm sorry, Jimmy, but you, you, I know that you like to try to defend him. But it's just it's he's not the guy. Well, hey, hey, li listen, I don't I don't mean to cut you off again. I apologize, but let me just say this real quick, and then we'll get back to the conversation. I promise I will end it after this. If Daniel Jones, if for some unknown reason, well, actually not unknown, but if for some reason he does not improve this upcoming season, then I I personally believe that you're, you're definitely going to have question marks. I'm sorry. Like my, my, my patience is slow. My, my patience with him. It will, just, it will just solidify the fact that Daniel Jones was never going to be the, the guy and that he, and that he is just a guy that's just happy to be in the NFL. Well, 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 look, look, yeah, we talked about this. Daniel Jones continued to make mistakes. And even when the giants were on a roll, he was still making mistakes. The rest of the team 
was following what Joe Judge was trying to do. And Daniel Jones was the only one that was slowing them down. And if the Giants had a half-decent quarterback, not Daniel Jones, not Colt McCoy, they would have won the NFC least by three or four games. This is not, this is not just a theory. This is a fact. As you can see from the games of the Giants lost by a score because Daniel Jones either fumbled the ball or threw it away. The biggest thing with the Giants is simply this. The Maras, the ownership of this team no longer cares about winning. This is obvious because clearly since 20, since 2011, the Giants have been okay with being mediocre. They've been okay with that. Mediocre to bad. That's literally how they've been. Because if they weren't, they would have made changes four or five years ago. Yeah, even when, even when Eli Manning was still the quarterback. Even when Eli was still the quarterback of this team. And, then you, and so when you look at that and you look at this entire situation, you have to understand simply this. From a, in a fantasy world, it would be great to see the Giants make a move. And the Giants, right. to an extent, actually have something to offer. They do have Daniel Jones. They could just give them Daniel Jones, which would cost them very little. And they could just move on from him after a year, and that'll be that. And they could also give them a pick or two. They could probably give them something like, I don't know. I, I think um, I think Golden Tate is probably still – I think he's still on the team. I think he's still – Yeah, I, 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 I'd probably, I'd probably give him Tate up because you, they're not really year. utilizing him that much. So what, what's the point of keeping him? Right. No, and I'm just – so I'm looking at it and saying, yeah, it would make sense for the Giants to make a move. But again, the Giants just don't have enough because it, we don't know exactly what, what the Texans are looking for. It's right. got to start at three first-round picks. It's got to start there. And then you have to go into further negotiations. Like right. that should be where you start the conversation right away. If you don't have that, then you're just not going to be talked to. Unless Deshaun Watson makes it so bad for you know to be around that the Texans just decide to just take – whatever deal that they can get because we've seen that before. So let's just say just finishing with the giants, Daniel Jones, isn't the guy I've said this before. I'm not, you can't say anything to me. That's going to change my mind. I don't care how much better this offensive line and the receiving core gets Daniel Jones at some point has to look himself in the mirror and realize that he makes way too many mistakes and he overthinks everything. He constantly doesn't change. And I don't care about coaching. I don't care about anything. After a while, it's up to him. And you look at like Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold has had two coaches already in his career. And to be honest with you, he's still better than Daniel Jones. And and that's and you know, they look at they look at Sam Darnold and say he still has a lot of untapped potential. That's what Sala and you know LaFleur said about him. They mm -hmm. already said he had untapped potential. What have everybody been saying so far about Daniel Jones? That he has they, untapped potential. No, he doesn't. Nobody has said he has untapped potential. Not a single person I've ever spoken to has said Daniel Jones has untapped potential. We've talked about this before. Nobody has ever come out of Duke as a quarterback and has done well. Daniel Jones Fair. showed flashes in his rookie year. This year, he regressed badly. No, so no, he badly. did. He did. Absolutely, he did. No, it's not about, oh, well, he didn't have an offensive line. Oh, his receivers dropped passes. Evan Ingram, yes, should be shot out of a cannon and never to return again. He's terrible. Absolutely yes. terrible. But how many games did we watch the first half of the season where Daniel Jones dropped back, got hit, fumbled the ball, they lost the game because of that? How many times did he throw a bonehead interception, which ended up costing them the game on, the, on trying to go for the game-winning drive? 
This happened so often. It became a joke how predictable it was. And once Daniel Jones was hurt, the problem was is that he tried to go out there and continue to play. And then he goes out in the public and says, yeah, I'm hurt. I'm not able to do this. I'm not able to do that. Are you stupid or are you dumb? Why are you telling the media and the world that you're hurt and that you're struggling and that you know, you're limited because you're hurt? Daniel Jones, to me, is not is not a franchise quarterback. He's not even a half-decent starting quarterback. He's somebody that you can have as your backup that maybe could win you a game or two with some really impressive plays, but he's not somebody you build your team around. And once the Giants this year go like 5-11 and or 4-12 and again, because we already know with David Gettleman at the controls, a lot of bad shit's going to happen, mm. the Giants are going to realize, you know what? Daniel Jones isn't the guy. David Gettleman isn't the guy. The Maras are hoping that because David Gettleman preached about how great he thought Daniel Jones was, that they're hoping that he's right. And the reality is, is that they're wrong. They are wrong. It hasn't improved. And even if they won the NFC lease this year, David Gettleman should have been fired. And mm-hmm. he didn't even get fired for missing the playoffs and having a poor record. Yep. The mayor said, when the season is over, we want to feel good that this team is one or two pieces away from being a Super Bowl team. We're not even close no, to that. No way. No. So they're light years again, away from that. Are you kidding me? Sean Watson should not want to go to the Giants. No. Because they are stuck with Daniel Jones. That's just it. And so the Giants are going to have to deal with that. And I'm not looking forward to it because I already know that Daniel Jones is not going to improve. And I don't care if freaking Vince Lombardi is Daniel Jones' offensive coordinator. He's going to make the same mistakes because that's just who he is, and you can't fix that. So forget it. Giants fans, drop kick it. It's not going to happen. We're not getting Deshaun Watson. Forget it. We're stuck with Daniel Jones at least for one more year, and we just have to deal with it. So again, the Patriots makes the most amount of sense for Deshaun, period. Well, no, I mean, uh, again, the the the, pa- the Patriots would be a very, very interesting argument. You do make that, but yet, if you're a Giants fan out there and you're hoping for Deshaun Watson, hell no, I'm sorry, that that is an absolute long shot. It would be nice, but no way in hell that's happening. But look, bottom line is, I think the Jets would be the best fit. Neil thinks the Patriots would be the best fit. Although I still think Miami would be a good fit and the Colts would be a good fit as well. But let us know what you think on Watch Twitter. Go to the bottom line, WMCX. Wait, what's that, Neil? Watch him go to the Jaguars. Oh, my God. The Jaguars don't get Trevor Lawrence. Oh, my God. Well, then, just, then, then the world will go crazy. But I don't think it would go that crazy. I don't no, think it would go well, that crazy. But, okay, so they're going to pass on Trevor. Well, I mean, look, no knock at the Sean Watson. I think, I think he's super coach. talented. For but now, that, but now they're going to pass up on Trevor Lawrence for him? For all we know, Urban Meyer may not want Trevor Lawrence. For all we mm-hmm. know. And the Jaguars have the most cap space of any team. They can do even more than what the Jets can do. And that fair, tells you a lot. They can outbid literally everybody. And Deshaun Watson would immediately be an upgrade because he's already proven to be a great quarterback. I'm not saying fair. that Trevor Lawrence isn't going to be a great NFL quarterback. But right. he, has, he has been unproven because he's never played a snap in the National Football League. If no, you you're, got right. you're right. Watson, if you got Deshaun Watson for the number one overall pick, is that really honestly and truly that bad of a move? In my opinion, no, no it's not. It's actually a pretty smart move where both sides went out and, and Trevor Lawrence gets to go to Houston and probably have his career right away. 
Who knows? So let's, you know, I think every possibility out there is, is there. I, you never know. It, we might not know until the draft for all we know. There might not be a deal done until April. Let's just see what happens. But that, don't tell me that that's not a possibility. And don't tell me the Jaguars aren't thinking about it. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it absolutely is a possibility. But I, I, would I be surprised if it happened? A little bit, a little bit. Not all that surprised, but a little bit. But hey, you know what? Let's see what happens. That's the bottom line. But this is going to be a very interesting story all offseason. And you better believe Neil and I will be all over. And as soon as he gets a team, we will certainly do an episode on it. So stay tuned for that. So with that out of the way, let's briefly recap the NFL championship Sunday games from last week. So first of all, boy, was it interesting. First game, we got Bucks Packers. Now, in case you missed our picks uh, Neil I believe you had the Packers winning in overtime which was a yeah. bold pick I kind of like that and you also had uh the Kansas City Chiefs uh winning mm-hmm. as well so we we both went one and one in our picks because I had Tampa Bay beating Green Bay and I also had the Bills beating the Chiefs although hey you know what the Bills don't sleep on them because they are going to be competitive for many many years to come Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs the job that Sean McDermott's done with that team, I mean, they're going to be competitive for many, many years. So don't sleep on the Bills, but that's beside the point. So if you're a Bills fan out there, keep your heads up. But look, first game, Tampa Bay and Green Bay. Look, from the people I've talked to, they didn't give Tampa Bay a chance because they're going into Green Bay, Lambeau Field, the frozen tundra. It's Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I get it. And hey, look, it would not have shocked me at all if the Green Bay Packers won because secretly – even though my Super Bowl pick was Tampa, God, do I want Aaron Rodgers to get another Super Bowl so, so bad before he retires. I was secretly hoping that would happen. But no, unfortunately, that is not the case. My pick ended up being correct. Tom Brady is going to his 10th, yes, 10th Super Bowl appearance at 43 years of age. That's more than Joe Montana, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. look, that is impressive in and of itself. Oh, and by the way, the fact that Tom Brady led the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to their first Super Bowl for the first time since 2002, where they won it, by the way. Sorry, Neil, I, don't, I know you don't want to relive that memory, but I'm not going to leave that alone. But even still, the fact that he led the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, and they have home field advantage, to me, that proves that Tom Brady has officially cemented himself as the GOAT, and nobody can even question it i'm sorry don't come to me and argue me about anybody else that is the goat look we talk about joe montana being one of the greatest of all time you can talk about johnny unite i I get all that but tom brady what he's done this year he just cemented it for me i'm sorry that's just how i see it but look it was it was a great game tampa bay jumped right up from the get-go the packers defense had little to no life except for later on in the second half, but it was too little too late for them because they really could not stop anything from, they, they, they could not stop Tampa Bay's offense to stop a nosebleed in that first half. So look, you got to give Tampa Bay a bunch of credit. They went into the frozen tundra, they took care of business, and they will be hosting Super Bowl 55. And that proves once again that Tom Brady, even at his advanced age, is still doing things we would normally never, ever see from another quarterback in the NFL. 
Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a really good game. Uh, I think it lived up for the most part. It lived up to the hype that uh, we all expected. I think that we knew that this was obviously going to be the the battle between the top two teams in in the in the NFC this year. And, and you know, one thing that people didn't realize is that this was the first time that Tom Brady was part of a wild card team, and they got yes. this. Ball. I mean, they start, you have to remember they did not get a first round bye. They started in Washington and barely escaped Washington with a victory. Then they go to New Orleans the next week and they kicked absolute mofobo from the entire game. They had three interceptions. They made Drew Brees finish his career with a whimper. I mean, he looked, mm. he looked awful in that game. And then no, they go he did. Back, the frozen tundra. It was snowing earlier that morning. I thought we were going to get a snow game. Apparently we didn't, but that's <laughs> fine. It was, and then, you know, that, that, the that would have made it a whole lot better in my opinion. The Bucks get the ball to start the game and they go right down the field. Boom. Touchdown. Immediately. They're like, yep, we are here. We are ready to, we are ready to go. And everybody's like, oh, well, the Bucks don't play well in, in cold weather. Well, you know, Tom Brady did play like 20 plus years in New England. And exactly. You, 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 don't, you don't think it's colder in New England? Come on now. I mean, it's so did Gronk. So I get it. It's like, they believed that they could go in there and win. And really what you saw was at first it was a back and forth battle, you know, Bucks score, Packers score. It was just back and forth, back and forth. And then you go towards, you know, basically the last play of the first half. How does, how do you leave Scotty Miller wide open? Oh I mean, my God. Wide open for the touchdown there. Yeah, who, whoever like, that was, I, I think King was his name. He should be yeah. cut immediately for allowing he that had, to happen. That, that is atrocious. He had one of the worst games oh, I have seen from a defensive back. I mean, he, he was really terrible. got torched. He was terrible. Most of the game. He had a couple of good plays, but they got torched. Second half comes along, and Tom Brady looks awful. He threw three picks, and all of them were like boneheaded interceptions. They were yep. just like, why are you throwing it there at the double coverage? Don't see the point there. Yep. But And the Bucs were basically begging the Packers, please beat us. We do not want to win. Please beat us. And the Packers kept shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, you had first and goal, and three times you try to get it to Devontae Adams, and you can't get it? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. And then you have a situation where it was on third down. Rodgers steps up in the pocket, and he could have tucked the ball himself and ran it into he, the end zone. He literally had an opening no on his right side. Why did he run it in? Oh, and oh, oh. And he throws. He, throw, he makes an ill-advised throw that could have been picked as well. But thank right. God it wasn't. And then you have the situation late in the fourth quarter, which everybody's oh. been talking about, where should the Packers have gone for it on fourth down instead of kicking a field goal? Yes. And this is where I'm going to get a lot of heat because, in my opinion, I don't think it was necessarily that bad of an idea to kick the what? field goal in that sense. Because, let me explain, if the Packers didn't get it on fourth down – the Bucks get the ball at like what the five yard, their own five yard line, up by what a touchdown. What was it? A touchdown at that time? I think it was. Yeah, touchdown. A, yeah, yeah a touchdown, touchdown. A touchdown. And they would have had to get a first down anyway, and they probably would have gotten it because the Packers' run game, run defense was really bad in that one, and they would have won anyway. And everybody would have said, you know, oh, you know, I don't like the play call. They would have complained about something else. They would have complained about something else. But again, here's the other thing. They kicked the field goal. The Packers had a third down, and they had a chance to get off the field. Even with no timeouts, they had a chance to get off the field and give Aaron Rodgers a chance to go down and score a touchdown, which would have won them the game and sent them to the Super Bowl. And King, once again, making a very bad decision, 
holding on to Johnson's jersey and getting a holding penalty. Now, I think they ended up calling pass interference, which it was. It wasn't pass interference. It was holding. There's a difference. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Held before the ball was thrown. But Johnson did a great job of acting by almost flopping like he got hit as the ball went up, which was ridiculous. And for about three seconds, the flag doesn't come out. So I'm thinking, wow, they're not going to call anything. And then sure enough, there goes the flag. And everybody wants to go around and say, oh, see, this is what happens when Brady's on your team. This was not a, oh, my God, you know, the Packers got screwed type of call. It was he held them, as you can see from the replay. Yep. But, the guy, but Johnson made a great job of acting and acting like, and flopping, basically, to get the call. And then freaking out, running around, asking for a flag, and finally they gave it to them. So I'm going to say this. The Packers' decision to not go for it on fourth down did not lose them this game. I know Aaron Rodgers is frust- was frustrated about that and said that it wasn't his decision and all of those things, but do I think that the Packers could have gotten it on fourth down? To be honest with you, the way that they had been playing in the red zone most of that game, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not confident. They had a first to go earlier in the game. And they ran three plays in a row to Devontae Adams and they didn't get anything and they kicked the field goal instead. And so to me, to me, I feel that what the Packers, what I hate saying this, and I don't want to put all the blame on one guy, but this guy King really screwed up in two of the most important plays of the game. He left Scotty Miller wide open down the field at the end of the half. Mm-hmm. And then he got, and then he held Johnson which gave them an automatic first down and, and they were able to run out the clock and win. Yep. To me, you can't, you know, you, you can't have that happen. And Aaron Rodgers, I got to put some blame on him because he made a lot of mistakes in that game through a couple interceptions that, I, that were just like, what are you doing, my guy? Right. Like, no, oh, yeah. You actually, you threw one interception, which was behind the receiver. So honestly, it was a bad throw. He made a couple other bad decisions himself. So there's some blame to be put on Aaron Rodgers as well. Right. So, at the end of the day, I will say this about Tom Brady. Yes, I think he, is, he has solidified himself as the greatest of all time because of what he's been able to do first year. Now, I will argue this. Let's say the Bucs didn't get Brown. Let's say they didn't get Fournette. Let's say they didn't get Antonio Brown, which, you know, Antonio Brown didn't do a whole lot in these games. I mean, he didn't play in the NFC Championship game, so I wonder. But... I would like to know what Tom Brady would have done with that offense without some of those weapons. I'm just curious. If you mm. just kept, if you just had Mike Evans and Godwin, if you just had those two, the team from last year, the year before, are the Bucks as good? They probably are still decent. They probably still make the playoffs. I bet you they right. still win 10 games. I, bet I, you I, I don't think games. they make it to the Super Bowl, though. But for them to go as far as they are and in the Super Bowl, that's to me, that's pushing it. But again, Tom Brady still had to go out there and deliver. And to me, he wasn't the best player on the Bucs that day. To no. me, the best player on the Bucs was Leonard Fournette. Finally, Thank you. Leonard Fournette Thank you. had himself a game. He had that great spin move, which scored a touchdown, which ultimately actually ended up being the game-winning score because yep. the Packers never were able to tie or, or retake or take the lead. And Leonard Fournette scored that touchdown. He had an underrated game that nobody was talking about. And he did a fantastic job. And I'm very happy for him because obviously with what happened in Jacksonville and how the season has gone for him for the most part, it's great that he finally got 
himself going a little bit. I'll be interested to see if the Bucs try to give him, give him the football a lot in the Super Bowl, but, I, but we'll probably discuss that next week. But to me, Leonard Fournette was the MVP for me on, in that game. He really was the difference maker for, for the Bucs. And he ultimately won them the game with the game-winning score. But again, shout out to Tom Brady, his 10th Super Bowl. I mean, this is incredible. And for him to do it at like 43 years of age, I mean, we all dream that we could be as successful and as consistent in whatever we do as Tom Brady is playing football. And this proves to me that Tom Brady, even though he is extremely lucky with what happened in his career, you know, and getting the opportunity, he took that opportunity and ran with it. And that's the thing that goes at the end of the day. And, you know, he does a tremendous job of being a leader of, you know, putting the ball where his teammates can only make a play and good for them. Good for Bruce Arians. No risky, no biscuit. You know, he finally gets an opportunity in the Super Bowl and we'll, we'll see what happens, but good, good for the Bucks. Their first Super Bowl appearance since 2002, which is crazy. It's like think about nearly two decades ago that the Bucks blew out the Oakland Raiders in the Super Bowl. I, I, that's a long, I feel it. It doesn't feel that long. I mean, it's not really that long ago, but it feels that long. But again, mm. Very, very impressive job by the Bucs, who in many ways, honestly, deserve to be in this position from what they've been able to do. Oh, 100%. And Tom Brady is also proving people like Max Kellerman are wrong when he was saying, oh, he's fallen off a cliff for many years. That's a bunch of nonsense well, to well, me. I, 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 don't, I don't buy that I think, nonsense. You know, I think what Tom Brady is really good at is that he loves that type of criticism. He loves to have that motivation. And I think that, that I think at the end of the day, what for the many years that Max Kellerman was saying that, it was a good thing for Tom Brady because he had something Ooh. to prove. He had something to go out there and say, this is what I'm trying to prove at. And, you know, that's just what it is. And good for good for Brady. You know, Kellerman, good for him. It gave him a lot of publicity. And, you know, it just <laughs> – as I always say, there's nothing wrong with bad – there's nothing wrong with bad publicity. It's, it's good. There's no, <laughs> there's no such thing as bad publicity. Yeah, no, I mean, you're not wrong. But, hey, look, Cliff, Ravine, none. Tom Brady has defied the odds, according to Max Kellerman, where he proved everything. Look, he's proven everything for many, many years, bottom line. All right, so with that being said, last game of the recap here, Bills and Chiefs. We're recapping the NFL Championship Sunday games, by the way. So, Bills-Chiefs. So, look, Neil had the Chiefs. I had the Bills. Look, I knew it wasn't going to be easy for the Bills to go in there because, look, it's Arrowhead. It's loud as heck. I mean, those fans in there, look, it might have been limited capacity, but they are still loud as hell in that stadium, and it showed. That place is no easy stadium to play in, so I knew it was going to be a tough task for the Buffalo Bills, but I, but I liked them because I, I loved their story. I loved what kind of season they were having, especially Josh Allen, who should be in the conversation for MVP, but, hey, I'm not going to get into a whole tangent about that. I still think it's going to be Aaron Rodgers, but I digress. But, look. Kansas City, look, we all know who they are. Look, Patrick Mahomes, I don't need to say any more about him. He's one of the best players in football right now. Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, a defense led by Tyron Matthew that has been absolutely solid for them so far. And look, Andy Reid, I can't say enough about him and the job that he's done. Eric Bieniemy, he's done a fantastic job, but it is still a crime that he still not still does not have a head coaching job. But look, I'm not going to get into a whole tangent about that. We all know how, we all know how I feel. We don't know how know how Neil feels about that. But look, 
the Chiefs are the Chiefs, man. Look, I wasn't surprised that they won that game. I'm really, really not. And now we've got a great Super Bowl matchup coming up, which we will give a full preview on next week. So stay tuned for that. But we got a matchup against where people are saying the old goat and the young goat. So look, it's going to be very, very interesting. Patrick Mahomes, look, again, you can't say enough about what he's done. He is just on another level right now. And look, that Chiefs offense is virtually unstoppable. So it's going to be very, very interesting how the Bucks defense is going to step up their game against that high-powered offense, especially with one of the best tight ends in football right now in Travis Kelsey. So look, bottom line, the Chiefs, I mean, what really more can you add about them? I mean, they're one of the best teams in football for a reason. They deserve to be back in the Super Bowl. But hey, you know what? Like I said before, I got to give the Bills a ton of props. They had an unbelievable year. And look, one of a Bills fan that we both follow on Twitter, Melody Martin, who is absolutely stellar, by the way. Go follow her if you're not already. She's probably one of the biggest Bills fans that I know. And look, I can tell that I can tell her frustration. I can tell frustration from every single Bills fan that was feeling it. But hey, you know what? Here's my message to you. Keep your heads up because that Bills team is going to be very, very competitive for many, many years. And don't be surprised if they have a Super Bowl run in them within the next two, three years. So look, bottom line, got to tip my cap to the Bills. But hey, the Chiefs are the Chiefs, man. I mean, there's absolutely no denying that it's going to be a great Super Bowl game. I'm really looking forward to this. This game was competitive through one quarter, and then the Chiefs just took over. Yeah, when Hardman muffed the punt and the Bills struck first, I was like, oh, boy, here we go again. Well, no, it just you, – you kind of felt like at that moment, you're like, hmm, maybe the Bills really do got it. Maybe they got the juju – maybe the juju is still there with them. No, nope, it was just – no, you can't – the thing about the Chiefs is that you can't give them an opportunity to get going. Right. If you can, if you can, if you give them a slight window, they'll make you pay. I mean, we saw the Texans last year. In all honesty, I still think that Bill O'Brien should have gone for it on fourth down, fourth and inches, basically up twenty-one to nothing instead of kicking a field goal because you're probably going to get that first down. You're probably going to score another touchdown. It's twenty-eight to nothing. I think there is a massive psychological difference between being down twenty-four and being down twenty-eight. That's just me. So. But again, we're, we're not talking about that game. We're talking about this game. <laughs> you score a touchdown, you miss the extra point. You, you can't leave points on the board like that. No, I, I know it can't. sounds stupid because it didn't really impact the game, but you can't just leave points like that. You gotta you gotta score when you get the opportunity to score. 100%. And I think that what you just saw at the end of the day was that Eric Bieniemy is a wizard when it comes to his play calling. He knows exactly what to call in every single situation. And he puts his team in the best position to succeed. And that what's what makes him a great, great coach. And the basically the Chiefs just took over. You know, Mahomes did his thing. Kelsey did his thing. Tyreek Hill was, you know, he had that really, really impressive run where he basically escaped through like six or seven yep. Bills players. But was he that big of a factor? No, but that shows you how good they are. That is, it doesn't have to be the main guys all the time. And their defense came through when it needed to. And their defense is not the best I've ever seen by any no. means. But they played well. And the Bills, at the end of the day, you know, they they got handed, they got beat by a better team. That's just what it was. Um, 
and their, their magical run ended there. And would it have been different if the game was in Buffalo? Maybe. But again, the Bills did lose at home to the same Chiefs team earlier this year. Now, there were no fans there, but still. Right. Um, again, you know, Patrick Mahomes is, is just – he's great, man. He, he's just he's one of the best quarterback talents I have ever seen in my life. Um, Andy Reid, great coach, definitely going to be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, has yeah. an opportunity to win back-to-back Super Bowls and be the first team since, I believe, the Patriots of 3 4 to win back-to-back Super Bowls. And who was the quarterback of that Patriots team? That would happen to be Tom Brady, who they're facing in the Super Bowl. And obviously, it's going to be a very, very interesting situation with the Chiefs having to go down to Tampa. And technically, they're going to be the home team. But obviously, they're going to be playing. They're basically going to be on the road against the Bucs, playing in their own home arena. It's going to be interesting. Um, What I would say to the Bills... I don't like how they ended the game, you know, very immature, letting their emotions get the best of them, particularly Stephon Diggs. Didn't like that. Um, you know, the offensive line of the Bills kind of failed them when they needed them the most, and hopefully they try to get some of that um, situated, and they need a running game. And mm. you know what? Kareem Hunt is a free agent, and he wants to be a number one back. Go get Kareem Hunt. Go get some. Go get somebody better than Devin Singletary, okay? Like, go get somebody yeah. half decent. TJ Yeldon, it's okay, but you need that definitive number one back. I think that's going to be a big thing. Fit, you know, improve the offensive line, get a good running game to balance out Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and that passing attack. If you could do that, you're, you're in a much better situation. And defensively, you got to get a couple more pass rushers. You got to get at least one, maybe two. You got to get more on that on that standpoint. But at the end of the day, I love that the bills got this far and it would have been awesome to see them get an opportunity to get back to the super bowl. But you know, unfortunately a lot of these great stories don't always have a happy ending and they just got beat by a much better chiefs team at home. And the chiefs for the second consecutive year are in the super bowl and they do deserve to be there because they are the better team. Oh, yeah, 100%. I can't wait for the Super Bowl. Again, we will have a full Super Bowl preview next week, and we will also have Super Bowl-themed episodes next week. So basically, to sum it up, here's how it's going to go down. We're going to have two, not one, but two Super Bowl-themed top five lists. I'll make an official announcement this upcoming weekend, so stay tuned for that. And we will have a full preview of Super Bowl 55, and we will give our predictions as to who will be crowned the champion. It is going to be an absolutely fun-filled week. Neil and I cannot wait, and we hope you will join us for the ride. But bottom line, it's going to be a very interesting offseason for Deshaun Watson, and we saw two great NFL Championship Sunday games that definitely lived up to the hype. And on that note... That'll well, well, somewhat. Maybe one game. Maybe one game. Oh, the, but again, the Bills Chiefs game was boring in the second. <laughs> you knew the game was over. Yeah, well, that, that is true. But on that note, that'll wrap it up for this episode of the Bottle Line Podcast. If you have any thoughts on anything we discussed, let us know on Twitter and Instagram at Bottom Line WMCX and on Twitter at the NVP Show hashtag Bottom Line. Leave a voice message on the Anchor app or at Anchor.fm. And as always, if you like what you see on YouTube, please. Leave a like and a comment down below. 
helps out tremendously. And please make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you do not miss a single episode. And please subscribe on all audio listening platforms. Just include Jimmy when searching for the Bottom Line Podcast. But on that note, Neil, I'm happy that you're back, my man. It's great to see you. I hope things get better with you. But hey, looks like looks like things are going up with you so far. But I can't wait for a Super Bowl theme next week. It's going to be a lot of fun, man. Thanks a lot. It should be a lot of fun. No question about it. <laughs> Good to see you as always, my man. Can't wait for next week. For Neilville Piano, I'm Jimmy Finizzi. This is the Bottom Line Podcast. See you in the next episode. Peace out.